0: Welcome to the ultimate men's playbook podcast. This is episode 50, episode 50 with my special guest for episode 50. It's my beautiful wife, Renata. Renata, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me here and congratulations.
0: Thank you very much. Now, you guys got to understand something. Renata is a gold medalist for Slovakia in uh, trampolining. Okay. So you've seen that sport in the Olympics. Uh, she kicks ass. She's super athletic. And she's also our metabolic specialist when it comes down to people wanting to get into top shape, people on the verge of scholarships, people on the verge of pro. What she does is helps with their cardio conditioning, uh, gets their heart up to speed where it needs to be, gets their lungs up to speed where they need to be. And um, uh, so she's got a wealth of knowledge, as well as she's a registered ma- massage therapist who works on the muscles that we are going to talk about. And these are the best exercises per body part that we're going to address so people actually get the clue as to how to train their calves, hamstrings, quads, and all that kind of stuff from a professional. All right, so let's get into it.
1: All right, so why don't we start from the bottom to the top? Yeah, sure. Uh, Let's talk about calves. So how can one uh, develop that beautiful, shapely calf that uh, some of the bodybuilders have or the Uh, physique
0: okay right so good question I think number one you got to ask when I look at somebody do they already have good calves so you take a look at a person who already has solid genetics I'm going to tell them hey listen you don't need to do much don't make it an emphasis it's not that big of a deal all right you take a look at a person who's 350 pounds obese they've been carrying that weight around forever and they've got these massive calves the last thing I'm going to do is tell that person that they need to do calf raises in a gym. <laughs> the calves are already big. So we're talking about the person who does not have the good genetics. And I'm telling you right now, you can work out till you're blue in the face with your calves, and I don't think you're going to be able to develop the, the diamond shape that you were talking about, Ren. Mm-hmm. I think what you're going to do is you're going to try to maximize your development. And the best way to do that is understanding the fact that we're on our legs all day long. That's right. And it's a muscle that gets stimulated all day long. So when you go to the gym and train it, you need to do something way above and beyond what you would normally do. So that means my approach is two-pronged. I'll do one workout that's very heavy and one workout that's very light, uh, high rep, explosive focused. So let's talk about the heavy one. I would do standing calf raises and seated calf raises. One works the gastroc. One works the uh, soleus muscles. Mm-hmm. They're both going to be heavy weight, full range of motion, all the way down, all the way up, no momentum, squeeze at the top, and I'm going to aim for about 8, 10, 12 reps with the heaviest weight I can handle with perfect form, right? I'm going to overload the muscle. We don't normally get exposed to that when we're walking around, so you got to do something above and beyond. That's why you have the heaviest weight you can handle and you burn them out. And you do five or six sets like that. And you do the same thing for the seated calves, three or four sets, heaviest weight that you can handle, full range of motion, full form, no momentum. And you burn them out. Three days later, you go with lighter reps, explosive movements, powerful explosive movements, and you'll do 25 to 30 reps. You'll take very little rest in between and you do something like eight to 10 sets. Those ones, those exercises and those workouts, you will feel the next two days because of the lactic acid buildup. But again, you don't normally do that kind of training when you're just walking around, so you're exposed to something different. We work the fast twitch muscle fibers. We work the slow twitch muscle fibers. Um, and that's the way you develop your calves. You feed your body properly, and you hope for the best. But genetics play such a big role in calves, and I think that's just something people need to accept.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so now another muscle group, which is one of my favorites, is hamstrings. What would you suggest?
0: Okay, hamstrings respond best to low reps. And when I say low reps, we're looking at six reps, eight reps, 10 reps. The machine of choice for me is a seated hamstring curl. All right, Um, there's some good machines out there, full range of motion. Bring it all the way up to the top, squeeze to the top. Don't use momentum. So many people raise their butt off the uh, the pad. You've seen that. You gotta keep your hips right against that pad. Squeeze to the top, don't go too heavy, and get your six to eight to 10 reps. Here's what you'll notice. After your first set, whether you take a minute off, minute and a half, or two minutes, your strength drops dramatically. And there's a reason for that. That's one of those muscle fibers that fatigues very quickly. All right. And that's why you can afford to train it heavily with a heavy weight. It's not one of those um, muscles like a calf uh, that can work all day long. Hamstrings don't work like that. Right. Um, you're going to have to expect a, a decline of about 30, 40 percent of your strength after your first set Go as heavy as you can for your second set. Full range of motion till failure and do the same for th- two or three more sets. All right. Um, Here's what I love doing when I'm training athletes. I'll get them to do the hamstring set for about six to eight reps. And then what I'll do is bring them up to the top of the movement where the the weight is touching their butt. And I'll push the weight down and ask them to resist. And -hmm. I'll really focus on the eccentric. And you've seen me do that. Yes. Right? They bring all the weight all the way down. And then I help them bring the weight back up and tell them to hold, hold, hold. And I push it down. Mm-hmm. All right, and I do that about three or four times boy Does that ever develop the hamstring thing is you need a partner to do that and that's fine That's why people hire trainers, All right, mm-hmm. The hamstrings one of those body parts that are more for performance purposes You can get away in bodybuilding with not the best hamstrings and still have a good quad and look amazing Hamstrings. Yeah, you want to balance physique for sure, but in terms of injury pre- prevention, you know this mm-hmm. developing your hamstrings Goes a long way in preventing uh, problems with leg injuries. Agreed?
1: Yes, very much so.
0: Okay, so I wanted to mention the um, uh, lying down hamstring curls, but there are other exercises: glute hamstring raises. You and I both know, amazing yes. how many people can do that. Now Not we're talking, right? That's tough. We're talking about high-performance athletes. You don't give that to the beginner because they don't know what they're doing. They're gonna have no confidence afterwards. Um, deadlifts. For certain people, that's great. You don't give that to somebody who's six foot four. You're gonna strain their lower back. You give it to somebody who's five, seven, five, eight, who already has a tendency towards good legs, you give them the deadlift, mm-hmm. fantastic, right? So you gotta kinda of pick and choose knowing your player. Now, uh, seated hamstring machines, yay or nay for you, do you like them?
1: Um, yeah, I like them.
0: All right. Now, depending on the machine, some machines I know going to LA Fitness, some were just absolutely shitty. Some were really good. Mm -hmm. Um, The really good machines, you lock yourself in and they just feel right. You want to go a little bit lighter, but again, bring that weight all the way back to your glutes. and Squeeze hard and focus on the eccentric part of the motion. Hamstrings are more for performance than appearance, Mm -hmm. but a good hamstring, especially from a side shot, goes a long way. Okay. All
1: right. So uh, we talked about the back of the legs, muscles. Let's talk about the front, the quads.
0: Okay. Quads. Um, again, this is one of those situations where you either have good legs or you don't. And it also depends on your frame and uh, and just how your body works mechanically. There are certain people who you look at them and you go, you're built for squats. We're going to get you to do squats, mm-hmm. right? And there's some people who don't. It's, it just doesn't work out for them. So you got to look at the player and say, okay, are you going to do squats or not? Squats are the king of exercises for some people. Here's a limiting factor. People who are not tough enough mentally will not get the full best effect of squats. They'll give up before they need to, they'll be too afraid to go all the way down. There's other factors involved. The other thing, too, is your lungs become a factor when you're doing anything more than eight, 10 reps. Right? And legs respond better to higher rep range. You see a lot of power lifters who Lift one, two, three reps, but their legs don't look massive. They're just strong dudes. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want hypertrophy? You want to do a little bit more reps. You want to hit that 30 seconds to 45 second to 60 second range with your legs. I find that the higher the rep range, the better in developing your legs. So a long time ago, we talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I thought he had amazing legs a long time ago. Um, something that was more attainable for the average bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you look at them and their legs are fucking massive, right? It looks stupid. It actually looks stupid, in my opinion. But a long time ago, there was a guy named Tom Platts. Tom Platts in the 70s had legs like the guys of today. His legs were disproportionate. He swore by high rep ranges. So he would do something like a 10-minute straight squat with 225 pounds for 100 reps, and his legs blew up. There was another guy, Eric Hyde, and the former uh, speed skater. Look him up. He used to, his legs were massive. So he would do high reps with a decent moderate weight, a lot of volume and his legs would blow up. You take a look at a guy named Casey Vieter. Casey Vieter was um, brought to a studio, Arthur Jones studio. Arthur Jones was the father of high intensity training. So he says, Casey, I've got the leg workout that you will blow up your legs. So Casey says, I'm game. And Casey was a pretty tough guy. So he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do three exercises. We're going to do a giant set. Three sets in a row. No rest in between other than moving to the equipment. I'm like, okay, this is cool because I know this stuff works. Mm -hmm. All right. These are the kind of techniques I use to develop my legs. After already trying the whole squat thing back in my 20s, squatting 475 for five, six reps all the way down, all the way up, almost getting an aneurysm. In my head because my head was going to pop off because of the pressure. Yes. Worrying about my knees just getting destroyed with these lifts. And my legs still weren't huge. But when I started doing this kind of volume approach, everything changed. Problem is people are not tough enough to do this. That's why people have skinny legs. They're, they're too afraid of you know, going balls out with legs. Here's what he did. Leg press. 750 pounds for 20 reps as his warm-up. All wow. the way down, all the way up, just squeezing hard right afterwards if you have gone to the gym and you're an advanced trainer you know what i'm talking about when you hop onto a leg extension right afterwards you and i both know because you've done it too you hop onto a leg extension you're doing 225 after you've already done a leg press and you squeeze out 20. after your 10th representative you're squeezing out another 10 your legs are burning like crazy to the point that you don't want to do it
2: mm-hmm.
0: all right it is a fucking bitch in terms of pain wise that's your second set. Right afterwards, this guy did 500 pounds on the squat for 13 reps. Right afterwards. Insane. Okay, so the set probably took about three minutes. He was done the workout. His leg blew up like you wouldn't believe. And he started training like this. He went on to a, a contest where it was like an exhibition, it was him winning and everyone else just competing for second place. Like he made unbelievable strength gains with this kind of higher intensity training, but legs, this is what it takes to stimulate your legs. You have to be willing to do that. Another story, Dorian Yates brought in Chris Cormier to the gym. Chris, oh, that's a good story. Chris Cormier, perennial top five competitor against some of the best guys. You're looking at, um, flex Wheeler, Dorian Yates at the time, Kevin Levrone. It was a tough lineup to crack. Chris Cormier would have won any contest nowadays with, the modern drugs that are available, great physique. But here's a guy who went in to train with Dorian Yates. And um, he goes, man, Dorian Yates, the workout was at a completely different level. He had him do a leg extension first. So he does his leg extension till failure. And he says, Chris, come on, five more. Chris does five more. He says, okay, come on, another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. And he's done. He's like, oh, wow, that was something. Then he takes him on to the leg press. His legs are already, his quads are already pre-exhausted. Gets him onto the leg press. So he's doing like 900 to 1,000 pounds. He's pumping 15, 20 reps. Dorian says, keep going. He's okay, okay. Keeps going. He's like, ah, he's pushing these reps, Mm -hmm. squeezing out two more. And Dorian says, give me another one. Give me another one. Give me one more. Right? And by this time, he has completely maxed out his legs. So many people don't have the balls to do that. And if you don't have the balls to do that, you're always going to have average legs okay understand that you're always going to have average legs mm-hmm. you have to be willing to take it to the next level Go so ahead. what
1: happened to him after the workout? well he
0: he did a third set he did a third set and it was hack squats you're talking three sets that's it gets him the hack squat all the way down all the way up he does his standard amount and dorian pushes him to do one two three more okay dorian's laughing He's laughing, he's got a smile, looks at the camera, he's chuckling, right? Chris Cormier is struggling to get outside the door, goes outside the door. He's on his chest, face down, puking his guts out. He goes, homie, this was brutal intensity, man. Like, you're you're not fucking around here, right? That's the kind of intensity. And Chris Cormier said, I thought I trained hard before. This is what I needed to take it to the next level. All right? You take a look at some of the guys that we've trained. When we put them through the paces with the mm-hmm. leg workouts, their legs completely changed their legs completely changed. And it was stuff like uh, leg press followed immediately by hamstring curls, or we get them to do, um, sorry, sorry. Um, leg press followed by leg extensions, mm-hmm. or we get them to do like a minute and a half of leg extensions. And then we get them to do squats, a giant superset, right? And by the time they were done, they were cooked. Then we'd get them to do it one more time and the workout was over. Their workout time would be 10 minutes. And what ended up happening? A lot of people didn't make it. They made it to the front door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was the routine?
1: Well, some of them would to puke out afterwards. And we had the,
0: the garden hose so they could spray oh, yes. off. Oh, that was beautiful. the
1: rule. That was the rule. Like if you were to puke out on a property, you have to hose dance. Right. So, we didn't want
0: our patio to be like freaking yeah. stinking like. No, no, no post-smoothie Ew. shit, right? Yeah. Although, remember the one guy, the projectile vomit, where he hit oh, the, the uh, glass door, yeah. right? It, like that stuff spewed out three feet, hit the door, and I spent 10 minutes cleaning and I couldn't quite so make it.
1: He so weak, he couldn't even open the door. No, I know. Like,
0: but boy, did that a guy ever get results.
1: Yeah, he was actually really great
0: <laughs> in Yeah, big time. Okay, so if you want to build your legs, I'm telling you right now, volume approach in terms of time under tension for over a minute you want to build up your legs i love supersets you can't do it in a conventional gym that's the problem right so it's easy a lot of guys have their own studios you have a lot of power lifters who've designed their own gyms in their garages or warehouses where they can design their training according to their needs Versus having to wait for somebody to finish off a set.
1: True. Or you go to the gym super early as they open up the gym. And this way you don't have to worry about somebody else sort of hogging the machine that you need.
0: You got to do what you got to do. I think nowadays the trend though is having your own home gym. And people who are serious are going to say, yeah, it makes sense. And then you line up the equipment according to your needs. But like I said, I love the supersets for developing your legs. I love the continuous tension. Where when you lock out, you're not kind of, um, like when you lock out your knee, you're actually giving it a rest. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing that, you go kind of like for a squat, almost all the way up. You keep the tension on your leg and then you bring it down. You don't give yourself that break. Your muscle needs that. All right. And then you got to be willing to go the extra mile with those last couple of reps to not develop sure. your quads. You have
1: to bully yourself.
0: Exactly. I, say, yeah, absolutely. I know I've seen
1: you doing it uh, even self talk encouraging yourself to do one more yeah just you hear me one, come yes. on come on
0: fucker come on one more You're like who's he talking <laughs> yeah. to he's talking to himself yes. like abusive right yeah just a little bit right.
1: okay let's move on to the next one which is back right how can somebody develop that beautiful cobra or upside down pyramid shape
0: okay right um a good back goes a long way all right and they say with uh, bodybuilding contests contests are one from the back which takes me to 2007. I won the Canadian natural nationals sitting with the promoter for breakfast the next day. And he says, Tom, you know what? Great physique. You did a good job. Your back is not up to par. And I said, pardon, (laughs) right? He says, no, you need to work on your back some more. It's not complete. Okay. No problem. It was four years in the making. I ended up competing at the uh, Jordan cup, the, um, the pinnacle of natural sports, natural bodybuilding. Um, competing at some of the top guys in the world. And I remember some guys backstage saying to me, like, dude, your back looks amazing. What did you do? And I said, dude, that was four years of developing my back. It was four fucking years of being told my back's not good enough and going to work on it. So the question is, what did I do? All right. You got to hit your back because you know how many muscles are involved in your back. It's not just your lats, right? What do we got?
1: Uh, we have uh, the <laughs> erector spinae, we have the lats, as you mentioned, you have the traps, you have your rhomboids. Um, I think that's about it. Then okay. you have also those small ones, like the, if I'm not mistaken, the sar- sartorius, not sartorius. Yes, legs. Both. Oh my God. Mm.
0: Serratus muscles. The boxing
1: muscle, right uh, attached from your ribs to go to the front.
0: Okay. Regardless, you mentioned the main ones. That's (laughs) the most important thing. Well, here's the thing, though. In order to hit them, you got to hit your back from multiple angles Mm -hmm. and with multiple grips. Okay, so the key here is multiple angles, multiple grips. So it's stuff like uh, pull-ups, proper pull-ups, not the CrossFit kip-ups. Okay, this is not gymnastics. This is uh, bodybuilding and effective muscle uh, contractions. Uh, Chin-ups, we're talking about proper pull-downs from different angles. We're talking about uh, seated rows. We're talking about bent over rows with uh, dumbbells. We're talking about bent over rows with cables. We're talking about close grip. We're talking about wide grip. We're talking about middle grip. We're talking about pronating your hands, supinating your hands, all of the different grips and all of the different angles. That is so important. And the other thing too is you ever see somebody doing rows where seated rows where it actually looks like they're rowing a boat. They're not going all the way back
1: no they're using the strength of their upper body too and the legs
0: right well. so in this case you want to isolate your back by really number one getting some wrist straps so that the grip is not so tight the moment you grip on really tight you're fucking up your forearms and you're making it a bit of a bicep movement mm-hmm. so when you actually get wrist straps you can loosen up your grip and then bring the weight back have your um your elbows your sorry your uh, wrists Go beyond the seam of your shirt. Like it's Mm -hmm. all the way back, as far back as you can go. And you squeeze. And what you do is you actually kind of have your sternum, your chest, meet your arms. and kind of like, I don't know if I can even describe it. You're not leaning back, but instead you're pulling forward, Mm -hmm. right? And squeezing your back muscles as you get to that fully contracted state. Hold for that split second. And then... Gradually bring the weight back with the eccentric part of the movement, nice and slow and controlled, and do the thing, squeeze the top, bring it back nice and slowly.
1: So you would say that your back is very erect?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of a a sway, Mm -hmm. just a natural momentum sway, just a little bit, right? You don't want to be completely erect in the movement, but what you want to do is you want to squeeze your back. And sometimes what people do is they go too heavy and they jerk the weight up and they just kind of let it drop through the eccentric. The eccentric was where a lot of the magic happens. Mm -hmm. All right. So back, like I said, different angles, different grips, and squeeze the muscle. Focus on the back versus focusing on the reps or the weight.
1: Exactly.
0: All right. And I'll tell you right now, your back will look unbelievable.
1: Mm, I agree. Okay so uh, we talked about the back uh, the opposite muscle would be the chest so how one can develop what would be the best exercise for chest?
0: Okay um, chest here's what I found when I first started everyone said you got a bench press you got a bench press. So bench press is uh, Olympic sorry the uh, NFL compounds combines you're doing um, 225 for reps. That was the standard. that was the gold standard so my goal was to get as many as possible. I remember doing 225 for um 29 reps so then you have a measure against all the other top guys in college and the nfl right and the second thing was how much can you bench and we got into this focused mindset of i want to bench 275 i want to bench 315 i want to bench 355 whatever it is i got up to um 385 for one on the bench press but the biggest fear i always had was i'm going to um Terapec. Mm -hmm. And it was the worst move because it didn't build this massive chest. It didn't. What happened was a higher rep range was better for, for hypertrophy. The thing with the chest is it doesn't need a huge rep range to grow. All right. So something like six to eight reps will help you develop a massive chest. But the problem is when you do a bench press, the weak link in the chain is not your chest. It's your triceps. Mm -hmm. Your triceps will always fatigue before your chest does, and you'll never fully develop your chest. And people don't get that. So what I found was I've taken so many people and had them develop these massive chests by starting with a chest fly. Right. So they start with a chest fly either by cables or by dumbbells. I prefer cables. The reason why is because dumbbells, as you get a little bit heavier with the weight, getting it up to its position and having your wrist kind of jiggle back and forth and displacing the weight after you're done you're causing potential problems It's just not Mm -hmm. stable right when we're talking about hypertrophy you need to lift heavy weights and you're playing around with heavy dumbbells it's not a good idea Mm -hmm. with cables what ends up happening is you bring it up to the movement where you're kind of like a bench press but then you got to put your arms together and the moment you go from that position to putting your arms together like you're kind of like hugging a tree Mm -hmm. that's where you get the peak contraction in your chest guess what your triceps are not involved in this movement but boy does your chest ever get worked so then what you do is you pre-exhaust your chest now this is a key point here the moment you pre-exhaust your chest so the tricep becomes a strong link and the chest becomes the weak link then you go to the bench press then you train your bench and what you'll find is your chest will fatigue way before it ever did, and you'll actually feel it, and it'll burn like crazy. That's when you make the progress. So what I would do is I would do a chest fly for about 10, 12 reps, back off, and then I'd do a bench press for about six reps. And then if I can, I'd get somebody to help you with one force rep to go that extra mile. Not always, but occasionally, periodically. All right. That's what built the biggest chest. Now, you can also do a superset. Arthur Jones developed this wicked machine where he had a built in two for one kind of machine where you could do flies first, stop, put it down. And then within the contraption, you could do a bench press right afterwards. That was back in the 70s. If they had one of those machines today and I could bring it to Costa Rica here, I would set it up in the gym. Friggin phenomenal machine because he understood if you pre exhaust your chest and you do a press afterwards you'll really develop a quality chest. But people get so stuck in how much can you bench and they get stuck in ego versus actually training the muscle.
1: That's true. And that's Uh, what's the recipe for disaster. Yeah, big time. As much
0: as um, Arnold Schwarzenegger loved the bench press, you could see him doing cable flies, overhead cable flies, where he's bringing the the weight down, uh, you know, down to his waist. That worked wonders for his chest to develop that full look, right? The other thing that works really well is dips after you've pre-exhausted your chest with chest flies. I'm huge on chest flies first and then a bench press or pressing type movement to develop your chest. Lower rep range. Heaviest weight you can handle with good form without getting stupid and tearing a peck.
1: Very good. Okay, so next muscle group uh, would be shoulders.
0: (laughs) Okay, shoulders. Um, a long time ago, people were, you know, the general principle is we, was you train your biggest muscle groups first, you know, chest and back, and then you do your shoulders for upper body. Then you do your triceps and then your biceps. That's the order. I'll tell you right now, building up your, chest, uh, your shoulders, there's no more bigger bang for your buck than having wicked shoulders. And I think um, a person starting out should focus on shoulders a little bit more often than they would normally do, you know, chest is international, Monday is international chest day, everyone starts chest on Monday, because that's yeah, the biggest, it's the glory chest. thing, shoulders go a longer way impact wise. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take that advice. And I had an imbalance that I had to correct. So the question is, number one, how do you correct the imbalance? Or number two, how do you make your shoulders look freaking wicked? I fell in the trap uh, back when I was 2021 20, of you got to do these heavy military presses. So, I got up to 275 on a barbell, seated behind the neck press all the way down where it touched my trap all the way up, 275 for five reps. It was freaking insane how much I could lift. I used to be able to pick up like a gorilla press, like the Ultimate Warrior, my 200 pound buddy overhead in the cafeteria just mm-hmm. for kicks. I had such an ego back then. And that's why I did those lifts. Mm-hmm. And it was stupid because here's what happened it was. You know, 30 years old. I'm getting this neck pain, and I had to go check, and I had some degenerated uh, discs in my neck. And the guy said, "What did you do? It was the shoulder presses." And number two, I had these massive front deltoids, and the rear delts were lacking. It didn't look great. I was strong, but it didn't look good. So what you do instead is, you and I both know that the muscle fibers are actually very small. Yes, they are. All right. So you and I, you always recommend this with your clients: is work your rear delts mm-hmm. and you do that for more of a you know protecting your rotary rotator cuff protecting your shoulders but the fact is when you work your rear delts you get this more rounded 3d look yes all right so what you do is you hit all the different angles you hit rear delts you hit side laterals you hit front side laterals you hit front raises you hit all of the different angles and there's multiple angles it's not just three angles there's like six or seven, depending on what angle you want to go on. That's how you develop your shoulders. You spend some time, strict form all the way up, controlled on the way down. You don't pause at the bottom. You don't kip the weight up. There's no momentum. No. And with shoulders, they respond really well to twelve to fifteen reps. Yeah, nothing too heavy. No. And you'll notice a good example is somebody like the uh, the Rock. <clears throat> If you were given an arena to completely transform your body, your focus, your finances, and your family, would you take me up on it? Join the league. Leagueofelite.com. All right, I mentioned the rock. Here's a guy who is probably 265 pounds, big man, very big shoulders. Um, if you've ever seen him do side laterals, He's using 25-pound dumbbells. I'm sure he could do 50. And you got some guys who are 180 pounds soaking wet doing (laughs) 40-pound side laterals. I'm like, bitch, please. Come on. Like, what are you doing? And they're swinging up the weights, and they're kind of letting it drop. And like, you're working your ego. Your head is so big you can't fit through the door. All right? What you want to do is you want to work your muscles. I personally like uh, cable side laterals. I think, you know, cable uh, rear delts i find that there's just a continuous motion you can um this it just feels better you get a full contraction you're controlling the way back i'm big on the different planes i'm not big on the shoulder press for the mention the reasons i mentioned before you're going to develop this huge front uh, deltoid and you don't want that later on it's going to cost you and it doesn't look good so you want to hit all of the different angles for, for shoulder training yeah
1: you want to be definitely balanced this way it also prevents the shoulder injury yeah okay so let's talk about triceps
0: okay triceps um triceps versus biceps try three by two mm-hmm. all right it's a bigger muscle group if you want a big arm you don't do bicep curls first you tricep curl uh, extensions first the best exercise for me in the past for developing triceps was i used to take this giant and i worked up to it obviously so my elbows wouldn't kill 100-pound dumbbell. I put it over my head in a seated position, and I would press it sky high into the air, full contraction, and then bring it back all the way down to the bottom, all the way down to the bottom. Wow! All right, and get eight to ten reps. I found that worked the best. And the reason why it was a dumbbell was you couldn't hit it on an angle. It was straight up, straight down. Otherwise, you'd smash your head, you'd lose your balance on it, on the thing. You had to go straight up. With your elbows all the way up in the air, where they're pointing at the ceiling. You get the best stretch for your triceps where you can fully contract properly and and, and get a wicked pump from your triceps and some wick, wicked growth. The problem was who's going to spot you, right? Yeah. When you're fatigued and you've got that last couple reps, you've got to have a strong enough dude to lift that weight for you if you're doing 80 to 100 pounds, mm-hmm. which was my problem, right? So what do you do? The next best thing is you actually use a cable machine. And... Uh, use a bar or the ropes you set it up with a decent weight for about 10 12 reps because i find triceps respond really well to that all the way down full range of motion full stretch then all the way up to the top squeeze the top bring it down in a controlled manner all right i love the cable for that reason skull crushers i don't recommend skull you know what that is really right? yes. close grip um kind of like push movement with an easy curl bar or bench press it's horrible on the wrists horrible on the elbows. Don't recommend it. But this overhead stretch movement, really good. Um, Tricep pushdowns. Love tricep pushdowns when done properly. Again, stand close to the machine, bring the weight all the way up, bring it all the way down in a controlled manner. You can get eight to 10 reps with that. Squeeze at the bottom, control them the way back up. The problem with tricep pushdowns, though, if you do it with super strict form, when you're at the top state, when you're ready to do a uh, contraction, the pain on your elbows is immense from that resting
2: mm-hmm. tight
0: spot. So what you want to do is, when you're bringing the weight up, you allow your elbows to rise up and use a little bit bo- of momentum driving the weight down, and then you get into controlled s- state to uh, squeeze it down. I'm going to have to show this on video because I'm telling you right now, when you go too strict on tricep pushdowns with any kind of weight, you're going to have elbow pains. And you and I it's both know it's the too much tension, exactly. So especially when your triceps respond really well to eight to 10 reps. So you got to use a little momentum. Then you gain some control over that weight, squeeze at the bottom and control on the way back up nice and slow. That's how you develop big triceps. Those are the exercises I like using. I also like uh, dips all the way down, control on mm-hmm. the way up. And I often do a lot of supersets. So I'll do a, a push down followed by a dip. That really explodes the tricep. We're we'll all doing overhead extension followed by a dip. We're we'll all doing overhead extension followed by close grip push ups. Okay, let's talk about the next one biceps. Okay, bicep curls. I mean, that's the show me exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants big biceps. That's
1: true.
0: It's funny. Um, I was uh, 17 years old. My next door neighbor, great arms, great physique. He was uh, four years old or 21 years old. We compared arms, my arm was bigger. His arm looked better my bicep looked bigger his tricep looked better overall so obviously obviously he had the edge all right i was so focused on working on my biceps that they grew like crazy so the question is how did they grow like crazy right well i was young that's why the testosterone but i also noticed they started growing when i was 36 37 on my way to become a, a natural pro at age 42. and the way i did it was I did a close grip, easy curl bar and wide grip, easy curl. All right, eight reps tops. I kept like six to eight reps, nice and heavy with good form, squeezing at the top, bringing it down nice and slow, no pause at the bottom, and then getting my friend to uh, help me with the weight up for a couple of force reps that blew up my arms. What blew them up even more was using the cables. Because now you had this constant resistance through the entire motion, right? You gotta be tough to do biceps. You gotta endure that pain because boy, does it ever burn like crazy when you do biceps properly. All right, the other thing is hamstring curls for your forearms. If you've got big Popeye-like forearms, man, does it ever look make your arm look really good? All right, so hammer curls for that movement. Again, eight to ten reps, maybe 12 reps, heaviest weight you can handle with good form. Dumbbells are good cables are better right again a balanced arm involves working on your forearms as well
1: Mm -hmm. okay let's talk about uh traps actually
0: okay trapezius muscles Uh, i'm going to take you back to uh the rock dwayne johnson here's a guy who uh when he was making the movie the game plan and some of those other movies he was a lot smaller than what you saw when he was a, a pro wrestler Hollywood wanted him smaller leaner he might have been 210 215 pounds he looked scrawny and what really bothered him apparently was hit the size of his calves and the size of his traps or lack lack thereof and he would spend a whole bunch of time working on his traps to get that gorilla like look so you ever see the video where he's doing these shrugs and he stops he goes, focus right well that's the point he made himself look like a fucking gorilla in pain and gain And then he just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And He says, listen, I'll dictate the terms on Hollywood and I'm going to become the complete silverback alpha male. And he grew big traps. I'm looking at that going, I want to build big traps too, because in 2007, I won the Canadian natural nationals. My traps were subpar. I didn't feel good. I wanted a thick neck. I wanted to look like freaking Goldberg. Uh, Tom Hardy Mm -hmm. is another guy in uh, the movie Warrior. Big traps, it looked good. He was taking stuff, I'm sure, but he, because his traps look so big, his physique looked imposing. So I said, I'm going to do the same thing as the rock. I'm going to be doing a lot of shrugs. And I found this. You didn't need to do a lot. You just needed to do it properly. And now my traps are like, they, I got big traps, right? They look good. It looks imposing. And it happened very quickly within six months. So how do you do it? Three movements. Number one is face pulls look it up if you don't know what it looks like do face pulls pull it all the way back and then bring it back to its original position nice and slow all right for that I go 16 to 20 reps very very controlled movement you keep your chin up a little bit so you don't strain your neck you look straight ahead uh, you call it the, looking at the what
1: the crown moldings
0: right that kind of forces crown molding mm-hmm. where the wall meets the ceiling so you keep your chin up so you don't strain your neck and you keep locked in the moment you turn your head sideways you got a lot of shit in your neck that's going to cause problems yes, right definitely. and you've dealt with it with massage therapy so many people have fucked up next because of stupid movements whether it's sleeping incorrectly or weight training or whatever right so shrugs shrugs really works well not the heaviest weight i like dumbbell shrugs where you're bringing up the weight in a controlled manner where your traps hit your ears or at least that's the inclination that's what you want to try to do mm-hmm. nice and slow on the way up and bring it all the way down nice and slow as well full range of motion and it takes a little bit longer, It's like one, two, three, four up, one, two, three, four down, really squeezing hard for about 30 to 45 seconds with the heaviest way you can handle with perfect form because you're dealing with the neck. That exercise builds your traps immensely. Lee Haney, former Mr. Olympia, would do um, barbell shrugs behind his back. I tried that. Boy, do you, boy, does that ever work. It works the lower traps as well. And it looks really cool. In my opinion, every single person should work on their traps. Mm-hmm. Okay, never now mind I, these beta males that want to look in a dress shirt. I know, fuck that. You want to build some big traps.
1: These are the exercises which create that beautiful diamond shape at your back.
0: Absolutely makes uh, your back look really good in addition to those big lats Mm -hmm. and the the thick rhomboids.
1: So another um, muscle group which is very complementary to a body are the abs. So what exercises would you recommend for great abs? What makes abs look great?
0: Okay, so just stepping back a moment, the three things that are going to maximize your physique are great shoulders, amazing abs because that's the core of your body. You take off your shirt, everyone sees good abs. You can be scrawny and have good abs and people say, shit, his abs are good. And you want to finish that X frame with some good legs, Mm -hmm. right? Having said that, with a good pair of board shorts, you can escape with average legs, right? We've seen that, done that. That's where men's physique has come into play. But the abs, you can't hide good abs, all right? A lot of women like abs, a lot of dudes. You'll see, you know, I'll comment on that guy's got fucking good abs. Holy (laughs) shit, right? That's a product of genetics. Mm -hmm. All right. There are certain guys with these nice blocky, chunky abs. And you're like, that guy's got a six pack or in some cases friggin eight pack. And you're like, that's that's God's gift to somebody. That's what it is, right? Genetics are such a factor. Number two is what you do with your food. If you are lean in the midsection, I'm talking 7% and below your abs are going to show. That combination, lean abs and good genetics, you don't have to do any ab training and it's going to look good, period, Mm -hmm. which which really sucks for the people who don't have good abs. All right. Now, if you have decent abs and you get lean, you're good. You've got great abs underneath and you never see them because you're you love to pork down on food. (laughs) Well, then you're done. Mm -hmm. Right. So you got to be good with what you do in the kitchen, what you do with your food. And here's the thing. There's a lot of guys what you have is what you have the rock does not have great apps that's his genetics so what look at lee haney seven time mr olympia jordan yates six time mr olympia jay cutler four time mr olympia ronnie coleman eight time mr olympia phil heath eight time mr olympia all of those guys that's how many years that's like 30 35 years of bodybuilding None of them had great abs. They either had, like, Lee Haney had a split in his abs. So did Ronnie Coleman. Jay Cutler was blocky. Phil Heath had a four-pack. Doran Yates, it was, it was huge. It was bloated. None of them had good abs. You mentioned that Arnold had decent abs. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of guys with these wicked, the physique athletes have these wicked six-packs. So here's the thing. Abs don't make or break a physique, but boy, do they ever enhance them. Oh, Exercise. The Complimented. Yeah, big time. Ab exercises of choice. I personally like crunches on one of those giant balls. Mm-hmm. You lie down on the ball, your your hips sink in, and when you squeeze, boy, do you ever get a contraction in your abs. I love crunches on that. Um, I like V-sits on a bench. I like hanging leg raises or the ones where you can prop your elbows up or even better because then you don't have uh, – grip fatigue, Mm -hmm. and then you squeeze on those lower abs. So top and lower through crunches and through uh, leg raises respectively works your up and lower, get leaner with your food and you're good to go rep range wise. I've done it with weighted, you know, if I needed to thicken up my abs a little bit, I'd add some weight, not a lot, maybe a 25 pound um, plate while doing crunches. And I've also done higher reps. It doesn't matter. Bottom line is what you have, you can accentuate a bit but then you just try to get lean. One exercise you don't recommend is what?
1: Uh, the one uh, where you're on a, on a decline bench.
0: Yeah, it's like a Roman chair sit-up.
1: I guess that's what it's called, and you try to lift yourself up, and that's such a huge uh, pressure <clears throat> for the lower back that that's usually what – creates a huge problem
0: right and you see it in the massage therapy uh Mm -hmm. where you have to deal with those problems Mm -hmm. because of those types of exercises all the time yeah i agree Mm -hmm. with you and you know i've been a victim of that too where you got to deal with me afterwards in the morning got to deal with my complaining because my (laughs) back
2: hurts
0: (laughs) right having said that i don't like training obliques because it makes your waist bigger all right uh the other thing too is it's the quality of the contraction that matters the most it's really squeezing notice when you um uh, you get sick for four or five days and you're coughing like crazy and you have a coughing fit yes, and four right, days later hurts. they hurt like crazy why it's like an intense contraction of your abs yes. right so think of it the same way with your training you want to squeeze your abs that's such a key to training
2: mm-hmm.
0: well i think we've covered every body part i'm going to tell you right now guys a couple of key principles with any of these lifts are um, time under tension is very big number two is Uh, Working the muscles and not working your ego. Actually concentrating on squeezing the muscles when you do the lift. Think of the muscles that are involved and engage them. I think that's so important. Um, And that's that mind muscle connection that you have to develop. Uh, Don't work your ego. Work your muscles. Work for progressive improvement over time incrementally. Small gains over time make a world of difference. Uh, think smart with your exercise selection. Think of what your needs are. Get a coach to give you some guidelines as to how to best proceed with your physique. Now understand something rep range wise. There are certain people with a leg structure where you look at them and they're like, that's white muscle fiber dominant. They cannot run a long distance race. They can't run more than 40 meters. That's your guy for legs that he's going to be doing 10 to 12 reps on a any kind of leg exercise and his legs are going to blow up. And then you've got a person who has a lot of um, red muscle fibers. They're longer distance athletes. They cannot do a short distance. Guess what? You're not going to get them doing six to eight reps on any kind of leg exercise. What you want them doing is higher rep ranges. Now, the way you do that is you get a muscle biopsy. Okay? You pull out a, some muscle fiber tissues and you put it under a microscope and find out what, um, what their fiber types are. No <laughs> one's going to volunteer for that. Right. No one's going to do that, but that's the proper way to do that. All right. So a a professional trainer looks at somebody and says, I know what your body's like. You're a mesomorph. You're better off with a lower rep range. Okay. So many Instagram famous uh, athletes say, well, this is how I did it. So you need to do it the same way. Bullshit. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Look at the person's body. Don't do what you do. Do what's best for that person based on sound scientific principles. Look at the person's needs. All right. Certain muscle fibers that work better with higher reps are stuff like calf raises, abs, forearms, because we use them all the time. Muscles that are shoulders, for example, muscles that are require a lower rep range are stuff like biceps, sometimes quads, hamstrings and chest. Okay, think smart and it'll go a long way. Mm -hmm. Well, there you have it enjoyed your episode. I, I enjoyed uh, recording this episode and I hope you enjoyed listening and getting some tips. And as always, you can reach me at Coach Tom Kayat, uh, which is K-I-A-T at gmail.com. You can go to leagueofelite.com and uh, and message me from there. There's a lot of links and ask me questions. I mean, it, it, you're free to do that. It doesn't cost you any money. And let's set up a dialogue and get you started properly instead of wasting the years. Because if I knew now, what I knew then, what I knew now, I would have been Mr. Olympia in like freaking 10 years. <laughs> right. That's true. Um, I wouldn't have taken the drugs. Well, so probably still have not. A great but thank you. But having said that, I mean, information applied is so valuable and so many people are missing the boat on the information and and having to pay the price through time. Time to why waste that time? Why not start right? Oh, there you have a 50th episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Subscribe, share with your friends, and be sure to check out the Ultimate Men's Playbook available now at Amazon.com.